This is what they call a black death, this one. It's a tarpon fly, uh, basically black saddle hackle, some crystal flash through it, and a black collar and a red collar. This one has actually got some of my girlfriend's hair in it. <laughs> she said, tie some of these flies with some of my hair when you take it to Puerto Rico because it'd be good luck. So I tied some with a bit of her hair in it. Caught a few tarpon with it, yeah, with, with, with Rachel's hair in it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a few strands, love. Yeah, just, yeah. just to give it a bit of colour on the back there. Ties okay, it flies. <laughs> yeah. G'day, Chris Hurd here. I'm a licensed fishing guide in Darwin, been at it for 25 years. Fish sort of all sorts of things, but um, my own passion basically fly fishing. I've been at it, well, I bought my first fly rod in 1972 in New Zealand because I was down the river where I lived fishing for trout one afternoon and uh, just with a little spin rod and a bloke pulled up on the other side of the river and climbed down the bank with his waders on on a fly rod and walked around the big corner I was fishing on. I'd caught one fish, by the time we got round the corner he'd caught 13 so I thought I'd better buy one of these fly rods and see how this works. That's where it all sort of started. When do you reach for the wand, like, sometimes? And when do you reach for it every time? Mainly when I'm just fishing by myself or with my girlfriend, I'll fish only with the fly. The thing about fly fishing is it, it's, it's a bit like... We can relate to, say, like hunting with a rifle... If you want to hunt with with a rifle, it's, you know, it's all pretty easy to do. Everything's pretty straightforward. But if you want to hunt with a bow, you've got to put a bit of work into it. And fly fishing is sort of similar to that sort of thing. You've got to put a bit into it before you just get anything out of it. But the the, 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 the thing about the flies is that it, it's it's you sit at home and you think, oh, I'll make a fly this way. I'll have, give, have a go with this one and I'll try this and do this. And, and you go out the next day and catch a fish with it, you've actually achieved something. You've sort of worked something out for yourself. With a fly, you can add this, take this away, put a bit of that on it. And do, you can you can vary it a lot more than you can with a with a with a lure. Yeah, it's not as complicated as most people think it is, and people spend a lot of time tying flies when you can make the same fly in a few minutes. All it has to do is basically represent what the fish is going to feed on. They're fish; they're not art critics, so you don't have to make the thing brilliant. It, it, it just the more you do, the more you learn. One of those things. It's 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 a bit satisfying when you make a fly and go out and catch a good fish with it. With trout fishing and, and ox, or freshwater fishing, matching the hatch is a is a is a pretty critical thing because those fish will get stuck on one thing. If it's a mayfly hatch or whatever, you have to make the thing that close to what they're feeding on, or they reject it. And, and that's the satisfying part of that freshwater fishing with the flies, making it make the fooling the fish but um basically saltwater fly fishing and, and fly tying is not as complicated as trout fishing can be with 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 dry fly tying but you got to get close to what the fish is especially fish like tuna you got to make the make the fly look like the anchovies or whatever they're feeding on as long as it's pretty close and it's got a prominent eye they'll, they'll normally take it it hasn't got to be exactly like with the scale pattern and stuff they just it's, it's in the water with the rest of them and it just gets taken but the um, the thing with with say barra and stuff that's a bit more important. To, if you make a prawn imitation, it's got to be pretty much like a prawn. You'd be surprised. I catch a fair, fair few of my barra with a fly popper, and it doesn't look like anything. It, all it does is make it makes a bow wave, and that's all you need. 
It seems like to, to pursue this passion, uh, you end up collecting a fair bit of material uh, as you go. You will? Yeah. yeah you Give yeah. us an idea of yours right oh, now. I've got, got boxes of stuff, got a whole bench covered in bucktail and all sorts of stuff. But um, if, if you keep to the minimum what you need, you'll be able to tie in anything you need. But uh, sometimes there's one particular morning in the Bahamas, my mate that I fished with sat down and he tied a fly using some Arctic fox. It was a bonefish fly. fishing for bonefish and tarpon there. And um, he tied this fly up and we could not miss with that fly. Just the colour of the Arctic fox or whatever it was, it just suited those fish in that area. That There must be something there that they fed on. Look at that. And we just donged on with this thing. We just tied it. That's all. But a little thing like that. I mean, I've only got one little tiny bit of Arctic fox left. And I'll save it for those bonefish flies when I go back to the Bahamas. But it's just... Yeah, it's just it's, it's some things just work so well. Other times, it's, you wonder why that happened, but it's it was just a weird day. It seems like such a strange thing that like you're in the Bahamas trying to chase bonefish using a fly that's made with Arctic fox. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair difference between the areas here. Yeah, just the colour of it. I think it was. Yeah, just yeah. What other um, let's say exotic materials have you worked with over the years? bit of possum hair and all sorts of stuff my sister was a vet nurse for a long time and they used to trim cats and stuff and she'd send me up the white cat hair that they trimmed <laughs> off they'd, when they shaved the cat and uh, I used to tie milkfish flies out of that <laughs> was there a particular cat variety that you that you wanted as long as it was long enough it was fine yeah it just it just it looked like a bit of bread and oh, that's why it worked so well yeah i've stopped by the side of the road and plucked a few feathers off a few birds at different times too Oh yeah, yeah what birds? Roadkill. Oh, sometimes you see those um, tawny frogmouths been hit by a car. And they've got some pretty good colours feathered on, but um, not all bird feathers work. Your whistling kite, no good. No feathers, all too stiff. That's a shame. Mm. <laughs> There's lots of them. Yeah. <laughs> mm. You get the impression that all those different materials—they're doing a few things for the actual fly. They're making it look differently, obviously, and and, and matching the hatch in that way, but also um, giving structure to the fly. And yeah, they, ha- they have an action. Yeah, they mm. have a movement. Yeah, they, they yeah they yeah they have a, a purpose to to not only look like what's looks like it's alive. I can see it can take a fair bit of ingenuity looking at materials in the world and then you know applying them to a fly tying scenario. Oh yeah, you you walk through, like, especially places like Spotlight, and you see a rug, this particular colour, and you go, chunk of that would probably work doing that. Yeah. yeah, cut a bit off that. Yeah, always. Yeah, never yeah. leave home without a pair of scissors yeah. in your pocket just in case you see something. Yeah. I, I remember there was a picture somewhere. I forget where it was, but it was a bloke on his it's his fly tying bench, and he had all the material sitting there. And up on the side of the bench, his cat was sitting there. There's bits of missing off the cat's fur to snip bits of it to make him make a pet flies. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with your cat? Yeah. No, nothing. No, it's yeah. fine. Christmas decorations sort of come in handy. Bits, bits of that with a, with oh, a, a bit of tinsel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the ultimate like craft noon sort of activity, isn't it? I mean, like oh, you craft know. shops are fantastic for, for beads and yeah. eyes. Would you find it difficult to walk past the craft shop? Yeah, I've got to look out. <laughs> always find something there. Well, how about milkies? Because they're obviously a, a bit of a contender for fly fishing up here. I was one of the first places to ever catch a milkfish with a fly. But, um, it was only sort of luck, really, that, I, that it happened. 
a mate of mine was up here fishing with me and um, we were live baiting queenfish off South Shell Island. A little 12 foot tinny. We had live garfish and it went off and a big explosion and things took off. And I thought, this is a big queenfish and chased it around, chased it around and it comes back of the boat and it's a big milkfish. <laughs> milkfish don't eat garfish, there's something going on here. Until I worked out what had happened, it had come up to the bit of styrofoam I had holding the garfish up and mouthed it as if it was a bit of bread. Got the line across his mouth, took off and hooked itself on the side of the mouth with a hook. It was just, you know, fair looked itself. So I thought if I can make a fly look like a bit of bread, I'll catch one of these. So I come home and messed around with, just used some palm and some saddle hackle around it, mainly, mainly the marabou part of the feather on around the hook and went out there and burlied a couple of them up. And they wouldn't take it. There was something wrong. They, they kept looking at it and leaving it. and something not quite right. And I'd actually stopped to do something to... I had um, a bit of line around something on the floor and I stopped them and I reached down to it and I looked up the line moves and I was on and I got this fish this milk fish with the fly and anyway I didn't realise what I'd done I let the fly sink a bit like a bit of bread sinking to the bottom and that's when I picked it up so, yeah. that's, I mean that sounds like where a lot of the satisfaction of, of fly fishing is actually born like that kind of experimentation where you, you can make, some, make a fly go out there try it didn't quite work something was wrong go back, customise it a little bit more and then have the satisfaction of seeing it finally work. That's what you do. That's, that's, that's part of the deal. It's just one of it's, it's It is satisfying. All those things come together for you, especially if you made the fly and it worked. Mm-hmm.